Father FM, the podcast for driven dads determined to win. All right, welcome to another episode of the Forge Father FM podcast. This is the first episode of many to come with this new series within the Forge Father FM podcast world. Uh, this is going to be an interview style podcast where I'm reaching out to other driven dads, dads who have brought on a lot of success in life that are essentially kicking ass in life, whether they own a gym, they're a fitness professional, or they're they're an athlete, or you know whatever the case may be, they've brought on a lot of success while being a dad. And from one dad to another, you you already know, you know, being a dad isn't the easiest job in the world. So we're going to be digging into cool details of how these guys live their lives, um, you know, different tips, tricks, strategies that they use to balance things out. Uh, to maintain their health, their strength, their fitness, but then also balance out the other important things in life. Being a dad, obviously family, you know, finances, so professional career, um, you know, different things like that. So I'm excited. And in this first episode, uh, I interview fellow CrossFit dad, Alex Ranieri, who is from Australia and uh, this guy is a badass dude. He uh, he was actually the fittest man in the world uh, at his size back in, uh, I want to say, 2014, 2014, 2015. But either way, he is a monster. He's an ex-rugby player before he got plagued with uh, a bad injury, a knee, knee injury, which was unfortunate because uh, I did a little re- research on Alex, and he was a bad mofo in, in rugby. I would not want to go up against this dude. He's We're talking like 250. Uh, I want to say he's 6'4", so he is a big dude. But uh, now he is a dad. He's a CrossFit gym owner. He's still an athlete, and he's kicking ass. He just had a new baby, and uh, it's it was fun sitting down with him, discussing life, discussing how uh, he balances things out and uh, how he maintains, you know, running a gym, running an online movement, uh, similar to what I do with the Forge Father. And so it was really cool sitting down with Alex, and uh, we dig into a lot of good stuff here in this episode. So check it out, and um, as always, if, if you like it, make sure to give me a uh, five-star review on iTunes, share it around with other dads that you know uh, will benefit it from it. And uh, if you are a dad, make sure you're out there doing what you need to do to kick ass and be the best man you can be. So let's get into the episode. All right, here we go. Another episode of the secrets of the strong and fit driven dad. And I got a driven dad coming at you on this episode. I'm excited because fellow CrossFitter, but not only that, this guy was the fittest dude in the world. For his size. Big Red. Big Red, my man, Alex Rainieri. Rainieri, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Did I get it right? Awesome. All right. So, dude, how are things going over there in Australia? Mm. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the intro. I feel like I'm about to walk onto WWF or something like that, mate, and, and throw down. That was quite a... Uh, Could be, man. <laughs> quite an introduction. That's good here. Good. Everything's good in, uh, in Australia. Nice weather. Given we're heading into winter, it's been quite... 
quite nice and warm and sunny and perfect time of year for me. I love training then. Every time when we do the CrossFit Open, it's like, what would it be? Probably maybe up around high 90s to over 100 if we want to talk um, your measurement of uh, temperature. That's hard for a big man. takes a lot out of me. So I actually enjoy this time of year. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting this year because there's a a second CrossFit Open coming up, right, In, in what, October? Yeah, and that's that, I'm not sure what the weather's like for you guys. That's heading into autumn, isn't it? That's beautiful time of yeah, year. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be a little bit warmer. So for us, the open is like cold. Like the start of the open, sometimes we get lucky and like you know, point one, point two workouts are rather warm, and then like you know, the last three workouts are usually pretty damn cold. Like there's used, there was snow this year, so. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, man, it gets cold. But uh, how, how did how did the open go for you this year, brother? This year was a little bit different. It came, I think, 150th in Australia, or it might be Australia, New Zealand, and it was tough, man. To be honest, my wife was heavily pregnant at the time with our second daughter, um, running Real Dad Movement, which is an online program for fathers, as well as my gym, a couple of businesses going. It was a it was a switch, mate. That that came about for me probably late last year to be to be fair to be honest which led to the the lack of training and intensity in my training and investing and prioritizing my time in in really building building my movement and and having impact in a different level I've I've played some professional rugby as well and and been an elite athlete I guess or thereabouts for 15 years and it was funny when the switch came I felt like it was time just to pull back for a bit and being 33 years of age I feel like I'm sort of in no man's land as well with with some of the higher level aspirations of of CrossFit competing so I thought why not just pull back a little bit so still enjoyable love it as always amazing atmosphere with the gym as I'm sure it will be with yours as well and it was good but I feel like depending on what happens um, it'll be a little bit different this year with with October as well with the open prep because now I've got numbers to here she's six weeks old at the moment and and life changes again as I'm sure you know mate with with three daughters of your own <laughs> yeah yep, it was uh it was very similar situation that i went through this year in the open you know we just had a new uh, another daughter so uh we got we got three of them now and uh yeah priorities just shifted and uh you know just putting more and more attention on you know the members in the gym and you know as you grow and grow the movement online but then you know family first right so um, that's pretty much where all my attention went and I kind of just used the open more so like to get fit for the uh for the online qualifier so um mm. it was a fun experience though because it, it, it was quite a bit different dynamic I don't know if this was the same for you but like years past it was always like very high stressful time because you know the open you know you had to do really really good in the open to you know move on to that next level and this year it was like a lot more lax and Honestly, I had a lot more fun this year myself, uh, you know, not being so um, dialed in on it, man. But so yeah. you got a gym. Uh, how long have you had, had your gym? And it's uh, what? CrossFit Raw Commando? That's right. Yes. I've, yeah. I've had CrossFit Raw Commando for just over three years now. Previous yeah. to that, I had my first gym. It was CrossFit Wellbeing. Yeah. And that was the beginning of 2012. So I've been in gyms or own gyms for about seven years now. And both of them have been CrossFit gyms, as well as doing some online program for some CrossFit athletes. Uh, so it's something that's a big part of my life. And I really enjoy the methodologies and, and the fundamentals of CrossFit. Obviously, every CrossFit box is different mm-hmm. yeah. in, in how they structure it from the top down. But 
I, I love it, man. It's it's an awesome uh, awesome sort of yeah, methodology and concept that I, I push on to for longevity with with what we do. So yeah. yeah, really enjoying it. I like it, man. So what what initially got you into the gym business, like a trainer, coach, like what got you into that initially? Mm. Yeah, well, it's funny, mate, because I never grew up saying I'm going to own a gym or run a gym or, yeah. or be a business owner per se. I started playing soccer and cricket at a very young age. And I love them. I excelled in them really, really well. And there's a period where I really put on a lot of weight between eight and 16 years of age and became heavily overweight and obese by, by certain standards. And that's a tough period of my life, man. And it was something that really rocked me with uh, how I felt about myself and, and that level of depression and being bullied and lack of self-belief. And I feel blessed for some reason. Something sparked inside me that wanted to change. I had to change. There was no other alternative but to change my life. And I started lifting some weights. Dad put some weights in a garage and started lifting weights at around 14 years of age. I was still pretty overweight. But when I sort of hit that 16, 17 mark, really kicked on and got super fit and strong. So I thought, well, I'm going to showcase what I've got and see what I can do. And that was that whole, you know, I've proven to myself that I'm not this fat kid anymore and I can do it. And and ultra competitive, mate, and I dived into playing rugby, or rugby league, and that uh, through hard work and training and just crushing the, the pre-seasons and getting opportunities, I progressed into a career for six years where I was a top-level rugby league player. But with that came, uh, and and when I started doing that, at around that 18 years of age, I started um, my PT business as well, coaching family, friends, um, wasn't really into the online spaces, more word-of-mouth type stuff at that yeah. stage. And... That was a good thing on the side, but I was chasing this this sport, this dream of being this this professional player and all the glory and money that would come. And I ended up having nine operations over six years, which was a pretty destructive period of my life. Uh, talking knee operations, shoulder, uh, like reconstructions, elbow, broke my jaw, my cheek twice. And when I broke my jaw, mate, I couldn't have any solids for twelve weeks, and that that was hard, man. Like I'm, wow. I'm talking. If you think protein shakes are nice, you get over them pretty quickly, mate, and yeah. it doesn't come out the other end right either. So it's a, it's a tough tough period, man, to the point where um, uh, guys listening will love this. I'm sure you will too. Where I got mum to blend up food for me. Like she was blending up hot dogs, the bun, the sauce, the meat, everything, and, and just uh. this, pink, this pink liquid, and it was it was rough, man. It tasted nice. But um, steaks, pizza, everything, mate. I just got desperate, lost weight, and – that was that was hard. The broken jaw. But, um, you're, you're blending up steaks and pizzas. Yeah, that's right. Put pizza oh, in a little bit of water, a little bit of hot water. Man, it's oh, I couldn't think of it now. But I think we really take food for granted. <laughs> so that was yeah, that no was doubt, crazy. no doubt. But yeah, man. I mean, it, it, that's that's a powerful story because if you go back in time to when you were going through that rough patch of your life, and then you found training and you you took control of your body and you started to build that power and that strength. And then your mindset started to shift. And it's interesting. Uh, anytime I've heard those types of transformational stories, like you're going through those hardships. And so you do make that shift and it's almost like that, that hard work is just instilled in you because you know where you're coming from and that's where you're getting away from. And so it's even stronger Versus somebody that's kind of been in, been fit for their whole life and they haven't had to go through those hardships or deal with those those life lessons that you learned, those experiences that you went through and, and, you know, some of those tough times, it kind of molds you and shapes you into who you are. And so it's not a surprise that, you know, you eventually, you know, started, you know, playing some top level, you know, rugby, 
being a, a competitive athlete like that, um, it's, it's, it's just yeah. a pretty, pretty awesome story to hear. And so what were some of the big lessons that you yourself kind of took away from that as you were growing, growing up, going through that, uh, that you use today with your, with your dads? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you, you touch on that because it's, it's funny as I was coming up through the ranks with, with playing rugby, seeing guys who always had the talent. I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, but they always had the talent. They almost got a bit complacent or took it for granted. And man, I was hungry. I was so fucking hungry to, to continue to improve and, and that level of hunger and drive and optimism. Those, those are probably three key points. Uh, they're, they're massive for me, mate. And that's what leads to, to action, having that mindset and that output. And that is exactly what, you know, what led me into the fitness space like I spoke about and starting CrossFit. And, and when my career was, was taken away from me through rugby, I had to retire and uh, CrossFit really filled that, that, that void that was left, that competitive nature. And then from there, it's, it's really awesome, mate, to have these different values that I now push on to my clients, both online and in the gym and, and having that positive outlook and, and that belief in it is possible. These are the key things or lessons like you asked, that I've taken from my younger years, the adversities, the moments where at the time are pretty horrific, mate. It feels like on a knife said you don't know which way it would go. It's now um, you know, core principles and values that I really um, help others harness and incorporate into their life, which is which is why I love being in the space, mate, because you know, it's it's such a primal vessel for us, moving the body, nourishing the body, from which everything else greater and beyond can come from. It's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, man. And that what you mentioned is just having that hunger, that hunger, that constant hunger to get better and, you know, having that. And that's something that I talk about a lot inside the force fathers, you know, you have to have a, an ongoing contender mindset. Right. And I've seen that. I've seen that in athletes. I've seen that in men who haven't gone through those hardships and they've always kind of, it's kind of like you said, you know, they have the talent. And so they run off that talent for a while and they get complacent. And then that's when they level off versus the guys that have, you know, to grind and hustle and, you know, really bust their freaking ass. Like they understand the importance of hard work, but then they have that extra edge mentally in being a competitor or well, obviously a competitor, but a contender, like you're always a contender, right? So there's always these, these higher mountaintops that we can get to as we go through life. And so I like that point that you made is, you know, obviously, is just staying hungry, man. Because I mean, here you are, you're right. You're here now. I mean, has that hunger died off yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, not at all. And and you're absolutely spot on. And it's so important because we are, like you said, we're always going to be in that, or we should be in that contender mindset because life has changed and there's so many different things in different stages of our life. And yes, I'm sure you'll agree as well as myself, like physically in the CrossFit elite level, I've pulled down a little bit. But at what cost? There's so many other areas of my life that are much higher now. And that to me is, is, is truly understanding and having that awareness of what is important, what can I prioritise and what can I now be competitive in this, in this space to move myself forward. And there's some level of balance and imbalance that eventually becomes balanced through that as well, mate. I'm never going to stop training, of course. But that is something that's, that's so important, mate, in, in some way, shape or form. We can still have that, that edge. And it's funny, it's funny Travis, because for me, competition – the definition, and, and I'm creating create this myself, it isn't about me trying to beat you. And try, if, if you and me are doing a workout, I view it from a, a, a beautiful holistic line of view of we're striving for greatness together. We're put, because I wouldn't get the result that I wanted in that MRAP or five rounds for time of that if you weren't there and vice versa. It's not about me being you. It's about 
us challenging each other, challenging ourselves through each other and that energy that we have to both push for a higher level of, of performance and achievement in life. That to me is competition. It's never a, yeah, yes, sucked in, man, I beat you. I've never been that way, which is why I love training, competing, because you can you can have a laugh. You're around good good people. You're surrounding yourself in that environment as you would in your gym, and it's just it's pure, man. It's all it's organic, and you're right. It, it never ends. It never should. Yeah, I love I love that you mentioned that. Uh, I actually talked about that uh, just yesterday because we got uh, I don't know. Uh, are you guys going to be doing uh, Murph here coming up? I mean Memorial Day. It's a holiday here in America. Mm. Uh, so like gyms around the you know the U- United States. You know a lot of them do Murph Memorial Day mm. Murph, um, in honor of him, which is a, hal- a hellacious workout. Have you ever done it? Yeah, I have. It's it's brutal, and we do it on our I guess our Memorial Day. We call it Anzac Day, which is the Australian yeah. New Zealand Army Corps, which was in April. We did that on April twenty yeah. fifth. Uh, yeah, we, we did Murph. Awesome. Um, it's always the push ups, man. That that is the hardest part. It's got to be. I I don't know how you find it, but it, it's just that number. It's it's quite an isolated move when you think about it. Pull ups are fine. Squats yeah. are fine. The cardio for me, man. I feel like the push ups always take yeah, the, the longest. If you're if you're not careful. And uh, you you hit that red zone like yeah you're <laughs> quite a bit on those on those pushups and then when you get to the squats it's like well shit you know you just start cranking them out but uh, yeah the pushups are definitely the kind of the bottleneck for most people mm. you know mm. so but uh, yeah, we got that we got the Murph coming up and so you know a lot of guys they're reserved to do that workout for a couple of different reasons, like they're doubting them themselves, but they're also like afraid of where they'll finish amongst everybody else. And so um, kind of on the same lines, it's like, Hey, we're competing against each other and there's no way that I would go to this level unless you were right, you know, on my right shoulder, you know, as hard as you're going to. And that, and that helps us both excel. And that's why you, you know, as well as I do, like the importance of community and connection and competition it's just gonna, you know, help bring that 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 inner beast out that we, that we all have, right? But along those lines, is a, it's like what you should focus in on is just who you see in the mirror and giving it your all, right? Because at the end of the day, if you give it your all, but you still lost, you still came in last place, it's still a win for you because you left it all out there, right? And so I love that you mentioned that um, yeah. the whole competition. I mean, it's important. So. Definitely. Yeah, and it's it's two sides of the same coin, really, mate. You know, in in doing that and competing and having that with someone else, but then that whole share and don't compare type format. Because at the end of the day, you can only really compare to yourself and who you look at in the mirror, which is exactly what you said, mate. Yeah, yeah, mm. awesome, brother. So the real dad movement. Um, you've been helping dads. How long have you had had this uh, movement going, brother? Real Dad Movement started September 2018, so we're up to now like seven, seven or eight months it's been going for, and similar to yourself, mate, like we've worked in, in the gym with fathers and other uh, other areas with fathers online in little bits and pieces, but having this now is something as a real core to help reach men and fathers who aren't within the proximity or close proximity of my gym is, is awesome, man. Like I love it. I really love it. It's something that I feel I'll have for many more years than I would have a physical site or gym or look to have multiple gyms. So it's awesome. Yeah. And now with that, you, you got, you and your wife, you just had your first child, right? Second. So yeah, that's right. And, and how old is your oldest then? 
Stella, my oldest, she's nearly three. She'll be three in August. And Lillian's, uh, seven, I think, seven weeks old now. April 6th is when she was yeah, born. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, two yeah. girls. So I'm not up to you yet, mate. I, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if I want to dabble and try a third. It's uh-huh. try for that boy. And It's a whole, you know, it's funny. It's a whole different dynamic. But how are you guys coming along with, uh, with two now? You handle it pretty good. I, I imagine the three-year-old has probably got a good routine going. She's probably somewhat under control, sleeping throughout the, the night, hopefully. Uh, but how, how's it been with the uh, the new addition, man? Yeah, it, it changes, mate. It's something where it actually gives me a bit more respect for for people who have three, like yourself, because you're outnumbered at that stage. So the two, we can sort of we can partner up and, and change. And Stella's in a reasonable routine, not not the greatest sleeper, but yeah, can almost dress herself and almost toilet trained and things like that, which is great. And Lillian, she's um, not too bad, as, as you know, mate. They don't really sleep like they've got to have feeds, and even though if you wife or partner feeds them you obviously get woken up as well at times or can so it's it's good mate it's it's one of the things I'm not sure if we'll have another we had IVF for both of our kids it's been really hard for for Crin and I to fall so it's been from a psychological point of view many many years of of, of hard work and, and trial and error and so we feel blessed that we've got the two girls we'll probably stick stick with two girls and growing up with four boys in my family like me and three other brothers it was completely different but I love it I don't know about you man but I've I love having daughters. It would not bother me at all if I if I don't or ever never have a son at all. I, I love having girls. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been great thus far, and I I know you and I had had the conversation, uh, you know, last week when when we were on your show, um, and yeah, I'm I'm content with three girls, but my wife, we still have kind of the conversation of maybe we'll try for that boy, but you never know. And like I told you, probably we'd probably get twin girls, you know. So then I would really, <laughs> really be in deep, man. So, or triplets, yeah. six girls. <laughs> oh, that that is that be. But um, dude, so let's let's dig into your movement, man. Um, you know, so let's talk about the real dad movement. Like, what? Mm. Tell me about this thing, man. Like, what, what's it about? What do you guys? Yeah, doing? yeah. Well, with, with the with the real dad movement, mate, it was. It was really funny how it came about. It's something that I feel was in, inside for a long time in looking at, and it's not looking at, at right or wrong from a point of perspective in how the world's currently structured and viewed, but I found that through certain elements of the extremities of feminism, political correctness, and I guess having a tough run for the last hundred years in different lights as a man through, um, you know, the greatest generation and, and fathers being quite firm, don't cry, don't be a girl, and, and you know, obviously the higher level of, of abuse and, and hitting and those sorts of things. I feel, mate, that it's really shaped a, a modern world where not just fathers but men feel like they don't know where they stand, they don't have an identity. And when I looked deeply into it, especially when I became a father for the first time three years ago, it was or nearly three years ago, it really struck me as like, well, who's and I'm not saying no one's doing it, but I'm like, who's matching that level of support and and nurturing and nourishment for, for women and mothers out there for dads? Who's doing this? There's like on a greater level, on a mainstream level, instead of just uh, like we have some local celebrities in our country that promote their brand of protein shake and like, like real stuff, like what you do, mate, uh, with, with Forged Fathers. I don't know you've got guys all over the world, which is amazing, but, but that, like, and I was like, I feel like I need to help contribute to like what you're doing, like what a few of the other um, guys that I know who Coach Fathers Well is doing and, and just try and add some value and, and really raise the standard of who we can be as men and fathers. And, and the reality is, especially if there's women and females listening to this, reality is 
they'll be happier and, and children will have a better role model and hero if, if men and fathers are allowed and have the opportunity to properly and genuinely invest in themselves and be the best they can be. And if they do that first, everyone else around them gets a better version of them. And that that's something that, as you know, mate, we're limited by a physical structure, a brick and mortar type setup in yeah. having a gym. And and I don't have a, a men's only gym. It's gyms with people from all walks of life. So the impact is still limited, I believe, is um, in terms of having just a group of forged fathers or just a group in real dad movement where they're all dads, they're all men going through the same things, that resonating feeling and that challenge within and that team environment that draws the best out of them um, individually. I genuinely feel, mate, that this is the change that the world needs and that's what really, you know, brought out and and birthed real dad movement and then linking up with guys like yourself and and some of the other fellas, it's uh, it's inspiring, man, to see that, that there's other people out there who, yeah, feel feel a similar sort of connection and, and way. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with you, and it's it's like you know bringing these guys together, and oftentimes guys in our position that have you know you know kind of gone above and beyond and have you know really um, hustled their ass off to you know build you know building a movement like within a gym, a brick and mortar. And changing lives, you know, through that is huge. And not a lot of guys are able to be a part of that or be around it. So they just don't understand. And their standards aren't raised, right? And as you know, you know, the the direction the world's kind of going in right now, like, um, it's funny, we joke about it over here, but it's like the pussification of America, you know, like dudes are just, guys are just getting soft and they're accepting average and mediocrity is okay. And dad bod is okay. And it's like drinking oh, soy. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking soy and all this stuff. It's, <laughs> oh, it's not okay. It's not okay. Like we were meant to be better. And, uh, you know, like creating these movements, it's just, it's just going to be so powerful. And so, um, it's awesome to see what you're doing out there and what you're creating. And, uh, it is going to go worldwide. Like you're, you're going to be worldwide. And, um, what I, something that I was thinking about just the other day is like with you and, you know, the other coaches that we know um, that are doing the same thing, building, you know, father movements, it'd be awesome to have like a world, you know, a world meetup, a world retreat, like once mm. a year, like all your guys come, my guys come and we just all come together. And, and as you know, it's just going to make us, you know, so much better. You know, I think that would be yeah. amazing to have like a world conference, like, you know, whatever we, decide to turn it into, you know, but, um, uh, that would be awesome, man. For, for the real dad movement, like what is, what is your big vision? What is your big uh, mission for it? Well, for real dad movement, and this isn't, it's interesting. Like we talk and laugh or we talk about soy boys and pussification, that sort of stuff. It's, it's not about like the, the term alpha, it's not about building dads who are these, these massive, um, you know, beating my chest and screaming. Like it's, it's, it's helping them believe in themselves again and, and raise their standards as you do with your guys. And that, that is my vision, Help, helping the world or families of tomorrow through the fathers of today and, and really helping them break through these glass ceilings because they exist. They exist for all of us, mate. We, we can all be better. I'm sure you knew that before you started um, Forged Fathers and, and you're like, wow, it is, I can do this. It is the same with me. I'm doing more than ever in, in a lesser, more efficient time when I've just had my second daughter born, which would destroy or shake up a lot of men or fathers' worlds 
purely from that level of belief and perspective. So that's that's what I'm big on, mate. Like shifting perception in in ways that that serves people who better. My, my big vision that I do and I employ with with dads, we get them moving, we get them fit and strong and and, and lean. And, but the big thing is is, is shifting the six inches between the ears, like really raising that standard for themselves and their belief. And, and from that, their wives have come on board, obviously not with RDM, but with with being healthier and fitter. Their children do some of the home workouts with them because not all of them have gym memberships. Some of them train at home. And it's it's awesome. Like every, every dad, and, and you're the same, man, like every dad's life that you help and you shift and you change is having a flow on and ripple effect like a drop in the ocean of their immediate family, potentially cousins, relatives, and their workers and colleagues. It's It's tenfold. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is correct. It's like you're we're essentially building other role models, other leaders that are, you know, go, they're going back into the family and they're in turn, you know, teaching what they're learning, you know, going through our movements, right? So like the the shift in perspective, the shift in mindset and I know you 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 more than likely know this as well as I do, but a lot of these dads they're they're in homes where the other side doesn't believe. Right. And I, I see this a lot when a guy will first start, like he's all on board. He's ready to do this. He's ready to make a life change. His wife isn't on board. She's the one kind of like pulling him down and then mm. like helping him break through that and then turn around and, you know, have an impact on her. And so that's huge, man. I love it. I love what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you that's, know. that's so important too, isn't it? Especially getting, Sorry, my thing I might cut out then. Especially getting your spouse on board because the big thing about that is maybe they don't understand, but when when the fathers can be better, um, they're, they're going to get a better husband, you know, and it's something that is is truly reciprocal and important and making sure that is level of, of, of support in there and, you know, that, that pays massive dividends not just for that relationship but for obviously the, the, the fruit that's been uh, born out of that in the children, mate. You know, we're here for the children. I love it. I love it, man. So to kind of switch back to your past, your, your performance, you as an athlete, I want to talk about this, bro. So you were the fittest dude in the world at your size. So 6'4", 250. So you're not 250 anymore, but let's talk about that, man. Let's let's talk about the big red. Is that how you got that, that nickname? <laughs> yeah, I've had that since, uh, since high school and it just sort of stuck. And the uh, Kangaroo, which is a national, uh, or it's on the, our national emblem, is nicknamed Big Red as well. We got some big, like people, kangaroos, they're, they're yeah. ferocious, man. Like, geez, they've got some leg power. And, and there's some big reds if you look them up. They're unbelievable. So I thought, oh, I like this. I'll stick with this. This is all right. Because at the time I was still, I was about 14, 15, so I was still yeah. sort of fat and a bit chubby when I got that nickname. So <laughs> funny one. But uh, yes, mate, and, and famously known, if you type me into Google, I'm sure you'll see quickly pictures of these big red tights that I used to wear when I competed and uh, or compressions or leggings, if you call them that. And, yeah, that certainly stuck out in the crowd, this big man. And I'm about 240, 235. Yeah pounds now but uh but yeah at the time be bigger and, and more muscular and just had these red tights no short on, shirt on and uh got out there and competed <laughs> so you you made it to regionals what years uh 13 14 15 three okay. years in a row so i missed i missed in 13 i didn't make it in my region that year i messed up on one of the workouts i was there 14 15 i went with a team let's talk about 14 man because i remember 14 was a gymnastics heavy regional strict answer came out. You remember that workout? Yep. 
the front squats, strengthening yeah. burpees that destroyed me, man. I did, oh, yeah, it's horrible. I actually didn't finish that one. That was the one year where I, I didn't finish because the very first workout. And I love nasty girls, but when he did nasty girls version two and it was pistol squats, oh, yeah. especially with my knee, and I had four operations on my knee, I can't pistol very well, or not for volume. Mm-hmm. And I kept up with the guys because the muscle ups I could do un- unbroken at that rep range, and the cleans were easy. And uh, those pistols I was flying, and then round two just felt a little burn coming in the middle of the knee, and it came yeah. and came. And I, st- I still didn't come last that workout, but I could just feel it was it was going, and I continued on. I did the front squat one. We did it like literally three hours of hip and ankle mobility, trying oh, wow. to take the load off the knee for the front squat. And those strict handstands again destroyed me, and the strict uh, legless rope climbs, yeah. and I could barely run at that stage. And at the end yeah. of that day, which was frustrating, man, because I was really I'm good with chippers and with the movements, the deadlifts, the wall balls, the rowing. I was going to destroy that chipper Sunday morning, but. Uh, I couldn't even bend my knee uh, after yeah. day two, so I had to pull out. But that was that was a tough year, man. Oh man, it was, it was brutal. It was a brutal year. It was brutal. So for you, like, what what do you uh, what do you love most about CrossFit besides just you know the competitive nature that it brings? Like, what do you what do you love most about it, man? The the biggest thing for me, mate, especially coming from the background that I've had that, that you guys have heard about, is challenge and change, which is why for me. Like I'm naturally strong, but I don't really like doing heavy lifting that often, to be fair, even though I'm really good at it. I, I love the gymnastics because there's always a challenge there and it challenged me and I'm very coordinated, very sharp. I pick things up quickly and I really love that. So am I a fan of strict things like strict handstands and strict muscle-ups? They're okay. Um, I don't mind them. I'm not massive on strict ring muscle-ups because my pure size and it's a tough move, but things like ring muscle-ups, bar muscle-ups, handstand walks, I, I love them, man. They're actually my favorite piece and it's something that – I do very well. Like I've made it my bread and butter to be awesome at. I can beat, like, you know, compete and, and do well with guys that are 40, 50, 60 pounds lighter than me. You know, I can get 25 bar muscle ups unbroken. Uh, 20 strict handstands was the best like, of my record, which isn't bad for, for 250 pounds. Yeah. Uh, a handstand walk, uh, not too bad. I think maybe 42 meters unbroken. But the, the, and look, there's guys who can do way more. But for me, that that's what I love. That's what yeah. I get. And it's not. It's not using those outside or external things for that internal validation. It's just that, that reward of challenge yourself and just see what happens, which is why I love um, the gymnastics and, and the variety. It is it is a beautiful sport. Awesome. Love it, man. Mm. Cool, brother. Last question I got for you. I wanted to ask this because, and I'm sure you get this a lot too, but it's, you know, the, it's the old excuse of I don't have time to train, right? So a lot of guys that – Dads specifically, you know, they, they have this, this mindset of, oh, I'm too busy to train. I got this and this and this and this. And you know as well as I do, we can always make time to train. But let's say you only have 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. What would a, what would a go-to setup be for you, 20 minutes a day? Uh, body weight or with equipment? You can pick one piece of equipment. What would it be? I'd, I'd choose oh one piece of equipment. I was going to say a cardio piece and a rower or bike, but I believe if you only had one, 
kettlebell. You can't beat a kettlebell, man. You can do so many things with it. You know, you can do um, deadlifts, sumo high pulls. You can do rows so you can work your back instead of boot camp style where it's always pressing, like push-ups and burpees. Uh, you can do presses overhead. You can do Turkish get up. You can do so many different things. But a 20-minute um, workout, which just seems to be my life at the moment because I don't go up to my gym that frequently now because Lillian's been in and out of hospital. It's been a tough um, period for, for her the last seven weeks and my wife. So... Out the back, I do have that the kettlebell in my backyard, and I've, I've got a bike and other things. But a twenty-minute workout would purely be, um, you know, either two ten-minute reps or or something like a five-rounder, which would be a complex. It'd be like, yeah. uh, you know, twenty-five kettlebell deadlifts, twenty kettlebell high pulls, and then ten snatches each arm, five presses each arm, and I'd roll something like that potentially with some bodyweight stuff. But you're spot on there, mate. Like you, you can always make time. The, the biggest challenge I find with that and and people having that perspective is finding different cues to help them snap out of their old stories and the old bullshit that they tell themselves. Because I find telling everyone, we've all got 24 hours in a day, like that doesn't work for me, mate, because people have said it so often. It's almost like they just tune out to it. They're desensitized to it. Yeah. For me, I did a, an amazing video the other day where I, I – um, spoke about seconds and I wrote it on the board. We've got 86,400 seconds a day, uh, you know, which seems like a lot. And when I broke it all down and mapped it all out, I was like, look at all of these things here and, and what you do. And I was quite generous too. I was look, look how much more time you actually have than you think you do. And if you came to me, like Travis, if you were my coach and you came to me and said, look, Alex, you know how there's 24 hours in a day, mate. What we're going to do is I'm only going to give you 22 and let's take your sleep away, seven, eight hours sleep. So I'm only going to give you 14 hours a day instead of 16 hours a day. You know what? Those 14 hours are going to be the best damn hours of your life every single day with energy and, and an optimistic outlook and more connection with your kids, with your wife, you know, better, better sex life, all these different things. you got to give me two hours, let alone 20 minutes. Of course I'd do it, mate. And that's what they don't realise. Like if you sacrifice and give up 20 minutes or half an hour a day, you know, not even two hours, you gave up 20 minutes, half an hour a day or 45 minutes and, and you got your body moving, you nourish the body, massive dividends. It's like paying it forward on yourself, mate, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I love the way that you put it because it's like, and a lot of guys don't understand this or realise it and it, and, and it is coming from their own stories and, you know, just not knowing, but it's like, if you dedicate that 20 minutes, yeah, it's going to beat you down and you're going to get tired and you're going to get sweaty and you think you might be, you know, more tired throughout the day, but you're going to have this, this boost of energy, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel accomplished. Love it, brother. Love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Cool. Good stuff. Well, Alex, big red. I appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast and sharing your story and, sharing you know more insight on the real dad movement you guys are doing big things over there and uh yeah man really appreciate it brother i know you're busy and uh you got a lot of stuff going on with the family too so i hope everything uh goes goes well with that brother i appreciate appreciate the invite as well mate and and your time as well it's been awesome and uh what's your clean and jerk and snatch what's that clean and jerk and snatch what are your numbers talk to me snatch has always been stuck at 265, so I've been stuck at that. No, 260, 260. Uh, clean and jerk, 235, or 335. Mm-hmm. So, how about you, man? I think I'm probably about the same. I'm trying to work out – I'm trying to crunch the numbers here, get my calculator out. But, uh, yeah, the snatch is my best power snatch. Because of my knee, I struggle to get it to get quite low, but my best power snatch is 120 uh, or snatch or power snatch is 120 kilos, which I think is about the same as you. I think it sounds about right, about 260 pounds. Yeah, 264. 
64 and 155 uh, clean and jerk was 160. Yeah, something like that. 340? Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago, though. <laughs> so it's, I can always hit like a one ten, uh, mm-hmm. like a, a two, like a two forty snatch um, most days, and like, mm-hmm. you know, three, three hundred pound clean and jerk. But like I said, it's funny. I feel like I just sort of get those those not aches, but maybe it's nervous system just wears me out a bit more. I do like doing like the longer workouts and body weight, especially being heavy. I just get a lot more out of myself. Yeah, yeah. Like this year, especially like in the open. Usually, I was. I could do a redo like the next day or, you know, give myself a rest day and then do another redo. But this year I was just like, I do not, I don't want to redo any of these workouts. <laughs> it was the same. Yeah. It was like, like you said, mate, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun this year, a bit more relaxed. And I think I only did maybe one repeat, the strict handstand. Cause I wanted to test that out. Yeah. So I enjoyed it and I didn't really feel anything from it. It was a pretty easy exactly. workout, but um, one, yeah. yeah, but uh, no, it was good, man. But uh, thanks again for having me on, mate. It's, it's yeah, been bro. good. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, mate.